Welcome to the Focus on Eternity podcast, encouraging you to abide in Christ in the midst of a busy life. The title of today's message is Test the Spirits. As we cross the threshold into 1 John chapter 4, we're greeted with an important warning. As a Christian, you must be able to discern what is of God and what is not. So stay tuned as we uncover the dangers of false teachers, but also look to God's word for instruction on how to overcome them. Let's dig in. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we'll be focusing our attention on 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. What we're going to do is we're going to read through these verses, and then we'll go back through and we'll dissect them. Here's 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 1, which says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error." The last sentence there of verse 6 is really what this message hinges upon. He said, By this you will know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And here we're given two distinct realities. And, And John's been very consistent in drawing a clear line between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. He's spoken of, you know, good versus evil, light versus darkness, children of God versus children of the devil. And now, the spirit of truth versus the spirit of error. And as a Christian, it is imperative that you are able to discern between the two. Now, discernment is your ability to recognize or perceive clearly, in this case, spiritual matters. And that's exactly what John has been focusing on throughout this entire epistle. He's been helping you to navigate the truth, to reveal if you, are tr- if you truly have eternal life abiding in you. He's addressed your faith, your actions, and even your conscience. He's pushed you to examine yourself to see if you are abiding in the faith. 
And my hope is that everyone listening has been able to answer with a resounding yes. But now, now it's time to redirect your focus away from yourself and toward others. Specifically those who profess and proclaim to be prophets or teachers. So let's go back to first to verse 1 and we'll start dissecting it piece by piece. Again, 1 John chapter 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Well, he starts off the chapter with his term of endearment, right? Beloved. John has been pouring out his heart in this letter toward you and I. Not only does he want to clearly explain the truth, hence so much repetition, he also wants to protect you from error, lest you be drawn away from the faith by the demonic doctrines that did, and quite frankly are, consuming the church. In chapter 2, verse 26, he said, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So we begin with a vital warning where John said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. What does he mean by a spirit? See, these deceivers that John is warning us about, they claim to speak with inspiration from the Holy Spirit. They masqueraded as ambassadors for Christ. Yet the spirit that influenced them was not of God, but of the evil one. So simply put, he's saying, don't be gullible. Proverbs 4.15 says, The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. Just because someone professes to be a Christian and claims to have spiritual insight, it doesn't mean they do. And that's why John continues with a command saying, Test the spirits, whether they are of God. The word test means to evaluate something to reveal if it's true or genuine. Now, not every person you meet is filled with the Holy Spirit. Not every spiritual encounter you have is a divine one. And you must exercise spiritual discernment if you are going to protect yourself from these spiritual foes. Why? Well, because he says, Many false prophets have gone out into the world. They are everywhere. So verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You, you must evaluate every message and every messenger that claims to be from God, because there are many false teachers in the world who are influenced by the spirit of error. Though they claim to be led by the Holy Ghost, He does not abide in them. Now, the Lord spoke this through Jeremiah, and I believe it's still relevant to us today. Jeremiah 29, 8-9 says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you cause to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them. 
says the Lord. Now, Jesus himself also warned his disciples of this dangerous deception. Matthew 24, 4 and 5, Jesus said, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Or in verse 24, he said, For false Christs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Some may claim to be Christ, but others will claim to be sent by Christ. And now that you've received the warning, John's going to provide a test to help you discern which spirit is operating through the messenger. 1 John 4, verse 2, John says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. A divinely inspired messenger will always agree and teach that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. Why is that? Well, because we know that's found in the Word of God. John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, the Holy Spirit will never influence someone to deny the humanity or the divinity of Jesus Christ. Quite frankly, those who represent Jesus will be diligent to proclaim every doctrine of Christ accurately. Now, the false prophets do not. And that's why he continues on in verse 3, 1 John 4, verse 3, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. There was a group of deceivers in John's day who claimed that Jesus did not come in the flesh. They preached against the true identity of Christ and therefore proved that they were not of God. Now, if Jesus did not come in the flesh, then he couldn't have died. And if he didn't die, he couldn't be resurrected. And then all of us would still be dead in our sins. Getting Jesus right is very, very important. Because not every professed Jesus is the real one. There's only one true Christ. There's only one true gospel. And there can be no compromise. And in his second and very short epistle, John says in 2 John 7-11, through 11, he said, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we do not lose those things that we worked for, but that we may receive a full reward. Whoever transgresses, and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ, does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. Now if anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him, 
for he who greets him shares in his evil deeds. This sounds like a really important topic for John. And again, I I just see his love as he's warning us of that spirit of error and how dangerous it is. That's what makes him such a great spiritual father. And you see, the spirit of error is also considered the spirit of the Antichrist. The word Antichrist means against Christ or in place of Christ. Either way, both terms are considered enemies of God. And we're told that there will be an individual who will take the throne of the Antichrist, but the spirit that will work through him is presently at work in the world. If we turn to 2 Thessalonians 2, 7-10, through 10, it says this, For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's God restraining. The grace and mercy of God. 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 8 says, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they may be saved. Now the Antichrist will be the embodiment of demonic deception, and people will follow him. But the same spirit of error is active today within false teachers. And real quick, even in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Peter says this, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Now there's so many other verses that we could cite that deal with false teachers and false prophets. Almost every book in the New Testament warns of these false teachers. So here's John giving his warning, basically saying, don't let this be you. Don't be led astray from the truth that is only found in Jesus Christ. And now that the warning has been given, he goes on to encourage you. 1 John 4, verse 4, says, You are of God. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Now, by calling you a child of God, John is assuming that you have been diligent in your faith and your obedience throughout this letter, right? If you've passed the tests, if you've examined yourself, if you have seen that the evidence of eternal life is in you, if you're walking with a clean conscience towards God and man, then 
you should have confidence that he is speaking to you. Your spirit bearing witness with these words saying, yes, I am a child of God. My faith is in Jesus Christ and I abide in him every day of my life. If he is talking about you, then you can rejoice because you have overcome the false prophets. The word overcome, it means to conquer, to overpower, or to triumph. And this word is used in the present tense, meaning that at this moment, you have triumphed over the enemy. You are a victor. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And how is this possible? Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And if I were to ask, well, who's in you? That is the Holy Spirit. Now, we're just coming out of 1 John chapter 3, and the verse that we read last week, verse 24, says, Now, he who keeps his commandments, any person who keeps God's commandments, abides in God, and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. So really the secret of overcoming or being an overcomer is this. If you abide in the spirit of truth, you will not be led astray by the spirit of error. Thank you, Lord. Now we continue on. Verse 5. Which he says, They, the false teachers, are of the world. Therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. False prophets are of the world, meaning they are a part of the corrupt culture that is opposed to God. They are enemies of God. And they're popular in the world because they speak exactly what the people want to hear. In 2 Timothy 4, 3-4, Paul says this, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Now, notice how it says, the people will raise up the false prophets. False prophets will be in high demand because, well, most people don't want the truth. Well, why is that? It's because the truth is offensive. The cross is offensive. The call to surrender your life to the Lordship of Christ agitates the flesh, and it enrages the self-centered spirit. So they seek to find someone who will tickle their ears, who won't preach to their conscience, and who will encourage them in their selfish lifestyle. They turn away from the truth, and as we studied a few weeks ago, they will eventually acquire a seared conscience. But this is not so for the child of God. A Christian desires to know the truth and walk in it that he may please the Lord. And now, 1 John Chapter 4, verse 6 says, 
We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who does not, he who is not of God, does not hear us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now everyone who loves God will listen to those who speak the truth. They'll seek to follow those teachers and those preachers who exalt Christ and rightfully divide the word of truth. Though at times they may be challenged or even feel convicted, they know that they are hearing from the heart of God because it comes directly from the word of God. The goal is not to be a better version of yourself. It's to be like Christ. Those who love God love the truth. Those who love the truth obey the truth. And by this, you will know that the spirit of truth, well, by this, you will know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So if the command is to test the spirits, then I'd like to take a moment to just discuss how to do that. Now, the greatest weapon against a lie is the truth. And God has given you a book that is filled with divine truth to guide and protect you from the spirit of error. You must read it. You must study it. You must commit it to memory. See, I believe that many people are deceived because they would rather have someone tell them about the Bible than read it for themselves. And as you listen to preachers and teachers, including myself, examine everything you hear through the light of Scripture. You see, my words don't matter if they're not inspired by God's Word. My job is to instruct you in the Scriptures and encourage you to apply them to your life. And you must also trust that the Holy Spirit will guide you in the truth as well. And that's exactly what He will do. Now, I want to conclude today's message with an exhortation from Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 13-17 says this, But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Even though we are told that deception will increase, and many people will turn from the truth. That doesn't have to be you. But you must continue to abide in Christ and obey His word. Those who put their trust in the Good Shepherd will never find themselves in the clutches of a wolf. The Lord is a mighty protector who promises to guard you from the evil one. 
So I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope that this has been a blessing to you. Please tune in next time as we continue our journey through 1 John, uncovering the truth and applying it to your life. God bless.